Hey y'all, this is Vidiotic. My name is Joe. My name is Sean. I don't know, you want to change names maybe? This is getting a little boring now. Hey y'all, welcome to the show. My name is Joe. Never mind, it doesn't sound right. Uh, I'm sorry, I tried. I guess you could say I won't be winning any awards this year. Pertinent. <laughs> Funny I should mention that. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, before we get too ahead of ourselves here, let's just, you know, make sure. Uh, how you, how you doing so far? Are you doing okay? Doing good, doing good. Uh, this week for me has been a lot of grunt work with very little results because I've been trying to organize my garage. Not, not my garage, but the garage I use. And uh, so I was moving around a lot of steel getting a lot of dust up my nose and have not made a lot of actual things lately. So looking forward to actually getting stuff done this week. Yeah. And for, for context, if anyone out there listening doesn't know, Sean has his own bladesmithing business, you know, think like blacksmithing, but you know, making knives and the blades and things like that. That is correct. That is what he's doing. But in case anyone needed context, I mean, other than that, they might probably just were thinking, he works in a garage and be like, they might've thought, you know, car garage. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, Specify, you know, if you say garage, it's always synonymous with cars and vehicles. Not downplaying that. I'm just saying, I guess that's where everyone's mind goes. I'll, I'll downplay it. I think, I think knives and swords are much cooler than cars. I'll say, I'll put my foot down on this one. That's when when they call the petrol heads. Someone comes by and crushes a foot that you put down with their car and just says, you think they're good, huh? <laughs> but, you know, we won't get into that right there. On, on so what, my end, I'm doing okay. For anyone listening, just to let you know, I'm recording this this episode with Sean on my birthday. So, woo! My birthday is only three, what, three, four days later? Three from mine. Okay. So, yeah, this is. I guess this is my birthday episode, too. So, that's nice. And anyone else out there, you know, happy birthday to you. You know, I won't. we won't hog it all. Cake to go around. Well, well, actually, never mind. I don't know about that. I do eat a lot of cake. But Speak you know for yourself. I will not be sharing my birthday cake. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know what? Never mind. Uh, uh, that was that was fast of me to speak. Uh, we'll, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll nod your way. Yes, yes. We'll I'll, I'll, with... I'll give a deep, respectful, loving nod. We'll do it with, like, a slow pan... And a slow, like, zoom up to our faces. We'll give that slight side smile a score. Epically starts playing. The violins kick in, you know, the low brass. And we just nod at you. Yep. In a scene that's worthy enough of an award. What kind of award? A Grammy? A SAG? A Golden Globe? I don't know, actually. A ribbon will do for me. I mean, I'm easy to please. Or cake. Oh. I mean, cake will work for me. Now I'll take cake. I'll, I will take, if anyone wants to not pay me money, you just want to get me a nice, juicy, firm, fluffy cake, I will take it. Good to know. Good to know for my reference here. I'm just writing that down. You know, <laughs> in all honesty, we're, we're joking with the awards and making sure to stress the, you know, to, to get some kind of a award for this or whatever. But, you know, that's because this episode is our Oscars breakdown kind of review, just looking back at it. Because by now it's been a couple of days since it's aired. We just decided as a video podcast, you know, people doing this for fun right now. And I don't know, just examining movies and doing other ones that we like, talk about it, things like that at the industry. We're just like, you know, this happens every year. This could be a really good yearly bit to do. And yeah, we just thought, you know, this would be fun. So our plan was just kind of look at the winners this year, a lot of some of the nominees just kind of discuss maybe what we have seen, what ones we did get to watch, and if we agree with some of the wins or not, and nominations, if there were any snubs, as everyone loves to say with any award show. But lastly, I think what would be kind of fun and interesting is if, while we wrap it up later, is uh, to say maybe different movies that we have not watched, but we definitely are adding to our lists because of seeing them nominated or winning for their categories. Yeah, and from talking to you, we both kind of have the same kind of relationship with the Oscars. I'm pretty disconnected with it. Like I still acknowledge it and I like to look through it, you know, and explore, Oh, that one that been a, Oh, this movie won a bunch of awards. What's that about the movies scooping up a bunch of awards and the movies that I love to watch in my 
you know, in my actual personal life. And I think, I think you were kind of the same way from talking to you. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I used to put way more stock into it. I'm not going to downplay it for anyone that like loves it. And maybe it's a popcorn event for you at your house. Maybe you actually sit down and watch it and, you know, watch it with people. People have watch parties for it and stuff. Good, good on you. Honestly, good for you. If you really enjoy that, you do you. I just, uh, I enjoy it, but I don't put a ton of stock into it. Like, you know, a lot of people, they, it's an award show. So sometimes it's the competitive nature edges out anything else that you could get from it. So sometimes it's more like when you, um, it's almost like the other opposite side of society in a way that gets when the rowdy class watches Super Bowl, if you know what I mean, right, Sean? It's kind of like the Super Bowl parties we've been to. You get everyone just shouting and screaming at the TV like, yeah, no, this team, no, this team, no, this team, no, yeah, no, 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 everything. And it just becomes more like that instead of the enjoyment of what it could be. And sometimes anything with the slapping an award to it kind of can take away from some of the enjoyment in a way. So that's why I decided years ago that I wouldn't put too much stock into it. But I do like to look at it. And sometimes there are even one or two movies that I watch in the year that I go, I hope they get nominated. This person or this movie deserves it for, you know, this or whatever. And anyone who listened to our Batman review knows that I highly praised its cinematography and camera work. And I, I do hope that it would actually at least get recognized. I will be a little bit sore if it's not nominated for next year's categories. But, you know, I can understand in a way it being a comic property that's always been kind of a look down on for the academy but you know they're kind of warming up now in recent years so to like different genres and things yeah and uh you know one of the movies that was famous for uh but also was pretty incredible that it was a fantasy film and yet scooped up a bunch of awards the last lord of the rings movie uh which you know back when it was coming out it was even more unheard of for a fantasy or comic book property to be even recognized by the Academy at all. And that one was just, you know, what, what did it end up winning? Like 11? I believe it was nominated for more than that. I, I'm not exactly sure, but it won 11 Oscars. Yeah. yeah. Including best picture, which was the really big one that people were like, Whoa, really? And like you said, yeah, it was, it was because of the genre. It was a uh, fantasy. And that was definitely a, a thing that was overlooked and kind of underplay undervalued. And before that, you know, there was a, before there was even a uh, best animated, let me see if I get best animated feature film, right? There was none. And before it had come out, it was actually because Disney's films, and primarily it was Disney, let's be honest, but it was actually um, their Beauty and the Beast when it won best picture that the Academy realized, whoa, these films are worthy to get these nominations and awards. Maybe we should give them their own category. So that's when they, soon after they created the best animated feature film category and like uh, animated feature short, I believe, or animated short. So yeah, it's always, it's always improving. It's always changing, you know, it's fun to see. I'll talk about them doing, and maybe they did it this year. I'm not sure. What was it like? best fan appreciated film or I, I think it was like the popular choice yeah, I think they were talking that. about implementing that I'm not a big fan of them doing that just because I don't know like if you're the if you call yourself the academy and you're meant to represent the <laughs> the academic perspective on the uh, technicalities of making a film and everything that goes into it. I don't really want you to be pandering to, oh, the popular choice. It just kind of seemed cheap to me, but I don't know. That That's just my take on it and whatever. Yeah, Do you have an I, opinion I, I on that? Agree. You I would agree. agree with what you're saying because it's like uh, so many people were sore when the Academy basically like wouldn't recognize for a nomination for best picture. And this kind of got me, I, I more or less laughed when I saw it was a Spider-Man no way home. They literally like were saying, you know, cause it was so big. And I'm like, you know, as an awesome event as it was, no, I don't think it was worthy of best picture. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, I'm like, it was, it was great. And it was a big spectacle and it was highly, anticipated and it was really fun and entertaining and again like kind of like the batman i still felt like i was entertained enough to be like i walked away satisfied 
But just because everyone's screaming and crying about it, being like, it deserves a best man. I'm like, no, 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 I don't believe it does. So yeah, like to say pandering to a um, popular vote or like a people's choice thing is like, you know, it's a fun idea, but kind of better for smaller events or smaller avenues, maybe different channels. Yeah, because there's a big difference between, you know, and we've already said this, there's a distinction between, you know, the quote unquote best made movie versus the movie that I really want to watch this weekend sitting on the couch. And that's not saying my version is better. I think the Academy should be doing what it's doing. And I think more often than not, they do a pretty good job. It's no, uh, it's not saying there's a distinction. And I think I'm right. The Academy is wrong. You know, they're just a bunch of snobs. I think they do for all intents and purposes. I think they fulfill a needed role. So it's, it's not a better or worse kind of situation. It's they're both distinct viewpoints that should be represented. And I I think with that out of the way, it's fair to say we can get into kind of the nitty gritty of this episode. Let's go ahead and I think we can go ahead and just list some of the winners right here. You want to read off a few, Sean, and I'll follow suit? Yep. And uh, we'll try not to get a we'll try to move along and not get caught up in any side topics. The first one is Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith. The main topic on everyone's minds this season. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, guys. Okay, so let's get this out of the way. First of all, Will Smith did win Best Actor this year at the Oscars. And uh, unfortunately, coincidentally, this just happened to be the Oscars that he thought it would be a good idea to walk up on stage and slap the black out of Chris Rock. Yeah. We're not really going to get into that. We're just leaving it here as kind of a timestamp. It is being done to death right now. You know, me and Joe were talking earlier, and (laughs) it is being done to death right now. Everyone talking about Will Smith, Chris Rock, Oscars. And the big takeaway I have from it is that it's just a shame that we're not talking about or that the public at large isn't talking about all of the other winners of the Oscars, all of the other nominees. Everything out of the Oscars is just about this one unfortunate incident, however you want to look at it. It's really overshadowing, you know, the hosts of the Oscars, all of the uh, presenters, all the other winners. And so, I don't know. I, I think I just think it's really sad that a lot of those good people kind of got their hard work overshadowed this year by that negativity, for lack of a better word. Yeah, it is a shame. And like Sean said, we we talked about it, him and I, before, and we were like, you know, we're not going to discuss it because everyone's overdoing it to death right now. But it did happen, so yes, that's our obligatory mentioning of it. So there you go. Let's not overshadow them as the news has. Let's give them their fair share in the spotlights. That is correct. We're here to shine the light where no one else dare to shine it. Don't take that any other way. So one of the other nominations for actor in a leading role was actually Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom. That's one of the ones I haven't seen yet, that the more I see of it, I kind of want to go watch this thing. Him getting recognized, getting that Oscar nomination, just makes it even more incentive for me to go watch that movie, Tick, Tick, Boom. Have you seen it? I will say I did, actually, yes, because I first I heard a little bit about it. I read a review on it and I wasn't familiar with it. And then I heard it was a Netflix film. So if you have that, I was going to say earlier, if you have access to a Netflix, that's who made it. I did. It also kind of opens the door to be like, you know, wow, you know, people like streaming services, movies that are made exclusively with streaming services and published by them, whatever, for just their their service and distribution. They're getting recognized more and more because they can put out, you know, great content as well. So that's kind of a cool thing to see as well as a, as the um, culture and everything has been shifted and changes over time. But I won't dig deep in that. Sorry. I get a little philosophical every now and then. See, I mean, I, that's, I the that's something to point out this year because I think Netflix was a really big winner this year. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, The Power of the Dog was also by Netflix. I just went to look up the trailer for it right before the show, and the stamp on the trailer had a Netflix stamp on it. It but might I'm, be actually. Now that I look about it, like I um I can I can spoil pseudo later for the uh, 
the show because I said format wise we would end it by saying what we haven't seen and want to, but I have not yet watched the movie, and it it might be a Netflix one that I look at it. So yeah, what do you know? But yeah, like to your point and to my point, yeah, it's just like things like that can be recognized and even more, you know, in certain films that are um like I said only exclusively to services, digital services are being recognized. So uh, that that aside, tick tick boom, yes, I did watch it, and it was very entertaining. In fact, it has uh, it's a musical for one thing. Which I was in sore, I was in sore need of because I love musicals. Me and Sean were both in fine arts at our school, and we were both uh, very active on like the stage, and we loved it. And it was like something I don't see a lot of every day. So when I hear like different musicals being done or something, I'm always like, I'm fair to give it a shot. And how I first heard of this film was I learned it is a musical, a one man like stage show of the same name. And it was by the man who eventually would go on to uh, compose and write the musical Rent, which I think you're familiar with that one, Sean. You ever heard of that one? I'm familiar with it. haven't never seen it before. I've never watched it myself either, but I'm very familiar with it. It's one of the one of the most popular stage musicals, I would say, of, of you know many years. And it's like one of the ones that you've definitely heard of. Right. Like just the fact that you've heard of it is is testament to how big it was and how much how big a cultural item it became. Well, it actually is. Uh, it's a semi biographical, like autobiographical, thing about the man who uh, wrote the wrote that musical. And it actually was what I learned is that the Tick Tick Boom was a, a show he did, like as a one man sto- show and a play that he wrote himself about himself. So this is just a movie version of that one man show. It was entertaining. I'll give it that. It was actually directed by Lynn Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame, and I thought he did a pretty good job. And oh. Andrew Garfield did a good job, and he can, I think he sounded great. Like, uh, I'd encourage you, Sean, it's on Spotify, and for anyone out there listening, Spotify has the whole soundtrack, and I literally went and listened to the whole soundtrack before I watched the movie, and the soundtrack is what convinced me more to watch the movie, because it was good, in my opinion. Not amazing, but a good solid soundtrack and Andrew Garfield's vocals I think are pretty good. I actually did not know that was Lin-Manuel Miranda. I had no idea. Yep. Uh, he even cameos in the film. It's really short, but it's actually kind of funny to see, <laughs> but yeah, you guys could say, I learned that he, he directed it. I got to say all of these nominees for best actor are right out of my bucket of my personal favorite actors. You've got Will Smith, Javier, Javier Bardem, Benedict Cumberbatch, Andrew Garfield, and Denzel Washington. I would consider all of those some of my favorites in the business today. I mean, they are definitely uh, top tier, in my opinion. I have not seen King Richard. I I have heard about it. I did hear that it was that uh, before all this business with Will Smith, I did hear from a lot of critics and stuff that they said it probably was one of his best performances he had given in recent years. And I think that probably was, of course, why he would win. But yeah, as I was say, I had heard good things about the performances in the film. And like you said, the rest of the people nominated are just, it's incredible because all these people are like, wow, it could have gone to any one of them, honestly. And I probably wouldn't have been too surprised. Yeah, it does kind of give, uh, it's always fun to see when an actor wins best actor best actress and you look at the list of people they were up against it's like some years it's just stacked right <laughs> and and it can be uh it can give serious props to the winner to see all of the people they beat out but i don't know it is a competition in some sense and others it's not yada yada whatever but yeah i mean have you looked at the tragedy of macbeth yet because i love the story of macbeth and i love denzel washington and so I can definitely, just looking at that by itself, I really want to look this up and see what it's about. Have you? Are you familiar with it at all? I am familiar with it. It was actually directed by one or both of the, I think it was just one, but the, the Coen brothers, he actually directed this adaptation himself. I think it's one of them. I could be wrong, but I, I think it was one. The only downside to it is that it is an Apple TV exclusive, Apple TV Plus. So to watch it, yes, so far they have not distributed it for physical retail as far as I'm aware, but I'm, I'm tempted to uh, watch it and the Best Picture winner because they were both by Apple TV. 
but I have Apple devices myself. I have an iPhone and such. I'm tempted to do the seven day like free trial to watch those because along the lines of what you said, I love Macbeth. Macbeth is actually one of my favorite Shakespearean plays that we were made to read in high school. Anyone out there who relates, you know, English classes and literature classes, they make you read Shakespeare plays sometimes. But I actually really liked the story of that one. And I do love Macbeth. And I, I was very intrigued to see a version of Macbeth and like with some different casting choices of like, like you said, Denzel Washington as Macbeth. And I went, that would be so interesting to hear and see. So I'm probably going to do the free trial to watch it. I mean, so, if, if you want to watch it with me, let me know. Just come over sometime, you know, I'll pull it up then. Yeah, I definitely might do that. I'm going to look up. I haven't actually even seen a trailer for it. I literally just know. It's Denzel Washington and Macbeth. So I'm going to definitely have to watch the trailer for it and might go with you. All right. We're ready to move on to leading actress? Uh, sure. All right. So the winner of this category was Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Other nominees were Olivia Coleman, Penelope Cruz, Nicole Kidman, and Stewart. I have not seen any of those movies. Do you know any of these? I'm familiar with being the Ricardos. I'm not too familiar with Penelope Cruz's movie, unfortunately. I, I think I saw a trailer or two around that. I'm not exactly sure, but I had heard it was a really good, like, involving drama. So I believe that's probably cre- credence to her and the film she was in. I definitely had heard about The Eyes of Tammy Faye, because uh, if you ever look up things about that, it was about a real televangelist. It was like a Tammy and her husband. They were actually like televangelists in the 70s, 80s or something like that when it was really kicking off with the mega church movement and stuff. And it was, um, it's basically like a bio- biography, pseudo-biographical, you know, more like a just a story about her. And Jessica Chastain wore so much makeup and prosthetics to look like her. And then funny enough, just because we mentioned it, the guy who played her husband was actually Andrew Garfield. So what do you know? Oh, really? Was he in that too? He was. And I'm intrigued enough to know the story about it, like because I would like to watch it. And of course, now that it's she's been nominated and won for that category, I was like, you know, I would I would watch that. So, although to be fair, a lot of the um, just to get down to some juicy rumors here, a lot of feedback I had heard thus far going into the Oscars was I was if I had to say like sometimes I I um. I cast my lot with different people, you know, and previous shows when I used to watch them faithfully. I would actually sit there with maybe my brother or my sister or both, and we'd we'd all take bets about who would actually win. You know, we'd be like, I think it would actually go to so-and-so because of the, you know, da-da-da, and we'll see who won. All rumors and gossip leading into it was I was sure it was going to go to Kristen Stewart. Like, that literally was my opinion. I I heard that she wowed people with her – I lost the word all of a sudden – her portrayal. Her portrayal, her performance as Princess Diana. And I was like, it kind of surprised me because that's what the film was called, Spencer. And it was her and she played Princess Diana. And to be fair, I was like, I saw the trailers before about the film and she really actually looked a lot like her. Or not exactly, but she looked good. Completely forgot that's what that was about. I actually wanted to see that because because of that very reason. I had seen like a little clip of it and she really did look just like Diana. And I think uh, she kind of gets a little bit of a bad rap, too, for being in the Twilight films, kind of like we said for Robert Pattinson. And I think that if he's had time to redeem himself, she can have time to redeem herself in more performances, too, because she's not really that bad, people. Yeah, she was told to really have that blank stare down in the whole demeanor for the Twilight films, but that's not all that she can do. She She's much, much more gifted than that. If you all want a better example of her being in a just as equally ridiculous demanding film but she does it better and it's a comedy watch american ultra it's great that's right <laughs> that was uh jesse eisenberg wasn't it mm-hmm. hmm. okay yeah i love that film but yeah that's another example i'm just saying for if you want something that's just as ridiculously demanding but she still does great in that's it but yeah no going into this awards year i thought it was going to be for her but you know they surprised me with jessica so but jessica's really good too yeah, I have not, like I said, I have not seen any of those. Interestingly, my favorite actor on that list is actually Olivia Coleman. She's great in whatever she does. So that alone kind of makes me interested to see what she did. Because some of these, like, just, uh, who, like the, uh, oh, what's his name? 
I might slap myself as soon as I remember this name. Oh, my goodness. Uh, while, you, while you're remembering, I was just going to point out and say, you remember last year, if you heard, Olivia Coleman actually won Best Actress. That's right, so, yeah. So, hey, it, it could have been two years in a row, but, you know, the Academy said no, no, no. Okay. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. Forgive me. I don't even necessarily need to be super interested in the rest of the movie. You know, just to see someone ply their trade. And Daniel Day-Lewis is definitely one of those people. Olivia Coleman for me, one of those people where I'll just watch a movie just to see them act because they always deliver a heck of a performance. So, actor in supporting role. Uh, the winner was Troy Coetzer, and that was for Coda. Now he was the he was the deaf actor, correct? Well, they were they were both deaf. He and Marlene Matlin, who played his wife. Okay. And Marlene Matlin, I just wanted to point out, I didn't know she was in the film, but when I learned it, I was not surprised because I did some digging and I actually learned about her more from my dad, because he said, "Oh yeah, she's an actress. So she's been around since like the '80s." He goes, "She is like." She is deaf, but she has made a career, and she's been a leading lady for years, which is also really cool to hear because that's just a great – it's great for representation. It's great for showing that it's not hampered by it, but instead turned it into something, like, you know, really positive. But to say that, I just want to say I, – I just wanted to say that for anyone who wasn't familiar with her, Marlene Matlin, she's great. She actually is a very solid actress. Yes, she has been played in a lot of roles where she is like, you know, because she is deaf in real life. So I wasn't surprised to know that she was in this film. But I still thought it was also just as equally cool to know that this guy won this Troy. Yeah, Kotzer or Kotzer. I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, sir. I'm sorry. I thought it was cool that he would win because, again, I wasn't expecting him to. But that's great that he impressed enough with his performance to get the Academy's favor. Plus his win and the fact that Coda, if I may jump ahead a little bit, won for best picture overall, really has pushed that film more to me. And I'm like, you know, I really want to see this film more now. Yeah. And it's really another one where I have no idea what, what it's about. Um, but from I can all give the you buzz... a brief synopsis. Like I read the one or two sentence paragraph or okay. description about it on IMDb. So Coda, if you remember, besides being a term for in when you play in band, that was like the thing where you went back to a certain point and then played past it later for any band nerds out there. But CODA also is an acronym for Child of Deaf Adults. It's oh. The, it's the, you, you've kind of heard it now before, right? Or you've heard it before when I say that? I've, a, I've actually like, never heard that version of it. I assumed in my head it was something to do with music because I also, because I wasn't banned and then I knew uh, that the actors were deaf. I assumed it had to do with music. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually knew about both. Like, I learned later in life that CODA was used to determine, like, when it's like when both parents are deaf, either by, like, sometimes it's because they both, they met each other because they were deaf, you know, or something, but they ended up deaf. But it's when both parents are deaf and the chill, child is born completely healthy, but they can't talk to their parents. Sometimes they actually are hampered in their knowledge because they are the child of deaf adults. Right. So the story, though, is like it's about it's kind of a slice of life drama about their daughter who with both her parents, like I said, played by this Troy Kotzer and Marlene Matlin, who uh, wants to pursue a career in music because she's actually gifted at it and such. But she's stuck between her ideals of her her dreams and her family and wondering what it could mean because she doesn't want to do the fact, you know, of dealing with that. Her parents will never hear what she gets to do. Hmm. To the fact of, you know, but they're her parents and they want her to pursue her dreams and stuff. But then someone like one of them wants her to stay close to home and be, you know, care for them. And then also be around their their hometown and everything and stuff. So it's like a, it's a drama. But yeah, it's like I found that very intriguing as a subject matter, too, because because she's pursuing a dream in music. We could also say maybe it's a double meaning that the title, because like we said, for band, it's like that it's a marking in music where you like go to a place, go back to a certain beginning and then play past it a second time. It's when kind of like when you repeat a section, but it also is that acronym meaning like child of deaf adults. Who knows? Maybe they did that double meaning on purpose. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to see it to speak on that more, but that, that does kind of make me more interested in it. 
That one is also on Apple TV Plus. So that's another one I'll probably do for the free trial. If I do the free trial, I'm going to watch the Macbeth and I'm going to watch Coda or vice versa. I don't know. I'm not picky. This is a really good year for streaming series then. So interesting. The uh, the Power of the Dog is nominated twice in that one, the actor in supporting role. I <laughs> Okay, so quick blurb. I watched the trailer for Power of the Dog just before this because I saw that I was looking through the uh, winners and noms and I kept seeing that name come up. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> I watched the trailer and I still had no idea. Um, so I might check that one out later just because it's gotten so much attention. It got 12 nominations, which it was the number one nominated movie this year. So going over to actress and supporting role, a name I did not know, and I don't think a lot of people knew until this movie came out, which is Ariana Du Bois for West Side Story. She won, and from everything I have heard from people who've seen that movie, she absolutely deserved it. And she was she was really the breakout star of that movie, so I'm told. And I think that's interesting that it wasn't really people nominated in the lead roles, but it was, you know, her as Anita. It's also a big deal, I remember learning, because I'm trying to make sure I get the news about her right, if I remember correctly. It's a... Uh... Oh, wow. I actually just learned something just now, believe it or not. I don't believe you. So I knew my mind. Okay, fine, whatever then. I'll just end it here then, whatever. <laughs> what so, is it? What is it? Tell me. Well, I had to look it up because I was going to look it up and I'm like, I heard some things about she is actually a first for winning. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I get it right. I might have to go back to my other thing here. But I, I clicked on Wikipedia and uh, first thing that comes up, it says early life. She was born in Wilmington, North Carolina. Hey! State represent. There we go. What do you know? Learn something new every day. Of course, I can't find it out. I believe she's like Hispanic and and on the LGBTQ, and I think she's like the first Hispanic LGBTQ winner in that like category, and just for winning in general. So that was a record that she holds, I believe. I was trying to make. I hope I got that right correctly. I according to my tabs here. So, but yeah. I was kind of intrigued that West Side Story would win because from what I had heard, I was, um, I don't know, it was kind of an odd remake, people said. And to be fair, a lot of it was due to like when it came out, who else was in it. And the fact that it was directed by Steven Spielberg, who, you know, huge name in cinema, right? One of the, probably one of the most recognizable names out there. To my knowledge, and if I remember correctly for this, this was his first musical. That like is he's correct. He's never directed a musical at all. Yeah. As, Did you ever as many, watch this adaptation, Sean? I haven't, but it is absolutely on my list um, because I liked the original, which that was also a remake, I believe. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, uh, West Side Story is definitely on my list of movies to watch. And the fact that she won Oscar for Best Supporting Role, it just really adds on to my list or adds on to the pile of reasons. Have you seen any of the other um, movies? In this category, no, I have not. Because I I just mentioned I haven't watched King Richard. Olivia Coleman's movie where she was nominated for Actors of The Lost Daughter, I did not watch. I heard about. I also, one of the one, uh, Kirsten Dunst, who we haven't heard in a while, but I'm glad she's still working. And I heard that she did a great job in The Power of the Dog. And again, The Power of the Dog's on my list. Another one that's on my list that's that's here is uh, Judi Dench's performance, which of course, Judi Dench, honestly, could always win yeah but she was in a movie directed by kenneth branagh called belfast and already that pairing alone was like you tell me kenneth branagh's got a film that he directed i'm already there because i love his directing style i love him as a um actor but i kind of like him a bit more as a director in recent years just because he's really turned out solid movies and and i i love it and uh, belfast also had forgive me sean i was just gonna say best supporting actor in sierra hines who was another great great presence i think he and judy dench were actually the couple yeah it says they were listed as pop and granny in that film so yeah them combined with kenneth combined with it being like a a slice of life based on like real childhood experiences and stuff like that i i still want to watch that film too belfast is definitely on my list 
Yeah, for sure. I was just going to say that uh, you can really tell Kenneth Branagh is a child of Shakespearean plays and tragedies and all that, uh, which actually one of the most underrated MCU movies, in my opinion, is Thor. That was directed by Kenneth Branagh. And you can really tell that he was really going for the Shakespearean tragedy plotline for that movie. And I thought it worked out great. Uh, it's not one of the most popular Marvel movies, but everyone else is wrong, in my opinion. That's a great hey, movie. You, Thor you know one. what he, you know what Thor did also for the long run, though. It introduced us to Clark Gregg as Phil Coulson, so it has that's that in true. its favor. But also, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's an underrated MCU film. I love Thor, honestly. I loved it when it came out. Oh yeah, I forgot. Thor also introduced uh, Clint Barton. Yeah, he was the cameo that was leading in later to be Hawkeye, and it's like, oh. But yeah, I love Thor, and I love Kenneth Branagh's directing. I, I do. I love it. And he's still a great actor, too. So, And it's funny you say that with the Shakespearean thing, because, yeah, like a lot of his earlier films, he directed adaptations of Shakespeare plays. And some of those are, are great. If anyone hasn't seen those, if you're a lover of Shakespeare, watch his, like, uh, watch his plays, his adaptations of them. They're great. Great casting. Great directing. And one of my favorites of his, as a side note, is the Much Ado About Nothing. One of my yes. favorite Shakespearean comedies. I love that. And also that film, it's just stupid. Like, I mean that <laughs> the best way. His performance is overdone when it needs to be overdone. It's just, I, I quote that film so much. Me and my family and my siblings quote that all the time. Give me anything with Kenneth and I'm, I'm all for it. So yeah, that movie is definitely on my list. All right. Fact, Belfast, if I may sit here, it won for best original screenplay. Oh, did it? Yes, I scrolled down just like one line. I'm like, oh, well, what do you know? Well, there you go. It is funny. At, well, not funny. I guess it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. But you'll see a lot of the names pop up again and again, getting nominated different times, which in one sense is like, oh, that's weird. But in another sense, it's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense, I guess. Going on to animated feature film. Mm -hmm. The winner of this one was Encanto. Have you and seen the film? talk about Bruno. I have been hearing that everywhere, and it actually broke the record, I believe, for Frozen's Let It Go. I mean, to be fair, it's a banger if you've actually heard the full song. Like, I've heard I the full song. I don't have a ton of context for it. So do you have access to Disney Plus? I do. Okay. I do actually encourage people to watch this film if you have not. I watched it sometime after it was released on Disney Plus, not in theaters, but it actually literally released on Disney Plus on Christmas. I remember that, but I watched it like a day after or something like that. And I do think out of the films nominated, besides the other big one for me was that I heard people say was the Mitchells versus the Machines, because I love the creative team of Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. And while I think that film did so much in the design department, Encanto's story was genuinely... I don't know. It's hard to say, actually. It was genuinely, besides being engaging and good, as Disney does, you know, quality content, animation was great, but the story hit certain notes. It, it kind of, um, it hits certain heavier tones than you're expecting initially, if that makes any sense. So, like, I went into it thinking, okay, so it's a lighthearted Disney adventure, but then it actually went into this whole dynamic of what, like, what can break a family and and how do you mend ties that were broken? How do you heal a family that can be broken apart? And I don't want to spoil it too much for people because I actually liked it that much. It's got great casting, great songs, Disney songs, including, like I said, the eponymous, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no. And while that is a banger, it was overplayed. Ah. But it was great. But yeah, the movie itself, I encourage you, Sean, do watch it sometime on your on your own time because it, it, it's uh, it kind of hit harder than I expected it to, but it did it expertly. Hmm. And I, I totally think it actually deserved to win Best Animated Feature. So I'm familiar with most of those on that list. You've got Flea, or Encanto, Flea, Luca, Mitchell's versus the Machines, Raya and the Last Dragon. But the one I have not heard anything about, like I had no idea this existed, I don't know what it is, is Flea. Do you know anything about that movie? I'm in the same boat as you. I'm actually just now looking it up more so just on the side to see. Hmm. Well, for all of you listeners out there, 
go watch Flea, apparently. I don't know. F-L-E-E. I have no yeah, idea what it's about. Not F-L-E-A, but F-L-E-E. Yes, F-L-E-E. <laughs> okay, I just read the description here, and if you want, this is the plot as according to Wikipedia. The go for film it. follows Amin Nawabi, who on the verge of marrying his husband, shares his story for the first time about his hidden past fleeing his home country of Afghanistan to Denmark as a refugee. So it sounds like it's a story being told to his to his soon-to-be husband. Huh. So that's actually interesting. Those narratives are very intriguing to me when a film is actually literally just a narration by somebody. From Pakistan? Uh, oh, Pakistan. wait, it's just a narration? That's what it said. He's like he's relating his account of when he fled, so the flea, as a refugee from a refugee from Afghanistan to where he resides now in Denmark. And I think they said it actually is, they might've said it was based on a true thing. I'm not sure, but it might just be based on true accounts. So maybe not a true story, but maybe multiple accounts rolled into one story, you know, but interesting. Maybe I'll, I'll have that on my radar. If I see that a way to watch that later, I will. Hmm, interesting. I'm trying to get to some of the big name things that we'd be familiar with. Oh, um, if I may, if I may, uh, but in here, one thing that I like to look at is the music because you and me band kids, we said, but we also still love orchestral pieces and soundtracks and scores of movies, right? They're fun to listen to. I literally just was listening to the soundtrack of the Batman while editing our Batman review episode and different things always point out, but best original song this year went to no time to die from the movie of the same name, the James Bond film, no time to die. And uh, have you heard that Bond theme? Is that the score, like the uh, theme, or was that the Billie Eilish? No. Uh, just the, the song. I was just reading best original song. Huh. No, oh, yeah, I, that is the one by I, I probably Eilish have, but I can't. I probably have, but I can't pinpoint it in my head right now. I will say, like, when they actually released it with the movie or before the movie came out, I listened to it, and as a Bond song, I think it's actually a great one. So I'm not really too too angry or upset about it winning. I think I'm like, that's fair. It was actually really good. Certain Bond songs have been lacking since some of the originals. You know what I mean? Like for your, your knowledge of James Bond songs, if you're familiar with any. Yeah, it's really hard to do a, not a well done, but I guess a groundbreaking song. When it's when it's so much when it's based on an original piece and you just kind of have to play with theme and variation and you got to do the same song, but in a different way, it's really difficult to make something groundbreaking out of that. So the fact that it won is very impressive. And it, it's a good Bond song, like I said, you know, it, it's I haven't watched the movie yet, though. I'm, I'm waiting for that to kind of come around later physical release or somehow maybe streaming, but I doubt it. But I, I do love James Bond. I love watching some of James Bond films, and I think Daniel, Daniel Craig has been a fun run, so I've been waiting to see this this one for a while. But, uh, you know, pushing music, or more so on the music side, to get to score overall, the winner is a film we actually have watched, and that was <laughs> Hans Zimmer's work in Dune. Yep. And I love Hans Zimmer. I've... He's one of the guys, like, he and John Williams are probably some of the, to me, two names that I hold synonymously on the same podium for, like, scoring films. Because the amount of work both of them have done and how iconic a lot of their pieces have been. I challenge anyone who's not familiar with their work, look it up. Yes, you are. It's one of those, like, yeah, be like I don't think I've heard of anything of them. It'd be like, yeah, no, you have. I can guarantee ex- you, you have. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. Like, even if you don't know it, you listen to them probably all the time um, and just have no idea. I wish they, I, I guess they do get a lot of attention, you know, particularly those two, but scores in general don't quite get the same love from the uh, audience at large. I guess that I feel they should, but I guess people who uh, are in the know do really appreciate what they bring to a film and the uh, people behind them. I mean, it's important. I mentioned that in the Batman review when I said, I said, you need a good musical soundtrack backing your story, your film, right? Because if, if it's bad, you still remember that aspect and it kind of sours it, even if a little bit, it still puts something sour in your experience overall. 
And you're always going to remember a bad thing in a very good film. And it's one of those things where you might not even know why you didn't like it because the music is kind of supposed to be in the background Mm -hmm. a lot of times. And so you might not even realize what it is that's bugging you about a scene. Kind of like when lip sync is a little bit off and you don't quite know if it is what, but you know, but when it works, it just elevates the entire piece. And, uh, you know, Star Wars, perfect example. That's John Williams as well. Were there any other nominees that uh, stuck out to you? I haven't actually looked at those. For score? Yeah. Well, Power of the Dog was in there, so apparently the orchestra for that was really good. I might Spotify that later, see if it's on Spotify, and just listen to some of it and see if it's um, as compelling as it it says to be nominated. And uh, the movie that Penelope Cruz was nominated for is on here for its score. Also nominated was Encanto, so not too surprising for a Disney film. Again, the score, besides the original songs, are also going to be really good. And then it was, uh, it says apparently also Don't Look Up is nominated, that Netflix comedy. Good on that composer. All right. I think that's kind of a lot of the bigger points to make, would you say? I was just going to go to the uh, the last one was directing for me. The last big uh, one. Yeah. I mean, I did kind of point ahead earlier when I said best picture, but I did mention that with Coda when I was talking about the supporting actor. But Yeah, so the winner of the director is Jane. How do you say that? Jane Campion? It looks like champion. I, but I was, yeah, was going to pronounce it like champion without an H. Yeah. And that is for Power of the Dog. And then you've got Kenneth Branagh, my boy. Another one, which is Ryasuki Hamaguchi. Ryasuki Hamaguchi. I, I, is that how you say it? That's how it looks. I, I would say that's the best of your ability right there, my friend. So don't don't dwell on it. Yeah, I feel like I'm butchering it. Or like, I feel like it's like a... Anyways, moving on. I'm illiterate. Paul Thomas Anderson in Licorice Plaza. Pizza. Oh. Licorice Pizza, which makes a little more sense, but not than Licorice Plaza. And then West Side Story with Steven Spielberg, which, again, Steven Spielberg's first time directing a musical, and he gets nominated for an Oscar for Best Director. That's just ridiculous, in my opinion. A good kind of ridiculous, but yeah. Kind of varied, I would say, for that category, but, you know, I think because Power of the Dog was nominated for so much, in a way, I was not surprised that it would win something, because that was the other one that I think was nominated a a good couple of times, so for Jane, Miss Campion there to get the award was, uh, I think that's good good on her, you know, she she made a production, she made a film that would get the attention and an award. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because Power of the Dog was nominated 10 times and, of course, nominated for Best Directing and won. Um, But then another film, so Power of the Dog had the most nominations, and then Dune is the second place for nominations. It got nominated for 10. Yeah, the Power of the Dog was 12, and then Dune was 10. Dune won six of them but did not even get a nomination for Best Director. And I believe in Oscar history for a movie to be nominated that many times and actually won six times and was not even nominated for Best Director, Denis Villeneuve, which is crazy to me. I wouldn't know if that's true or not. I would take your word for it. I, I would believe it, honestly. And it is kind of funny to think that because you almost be like, what did what did Denis do? Denis do to be slighted yeah. <laughs> so bad? Like, what did he say? Who did he who did he who did he upset? <laughs> he must he must have slapped somebody. I mean, <laughs> something had to happen. Something but, happened. Yeah, that was the only real example for me that was that I kind of felt like was a real uh, snub. Um, but that being said, uh, I haven't actually seen the other movies listed. Um, And so I can't really say for real if it's a snub because maybe those other movies deserved it. But at the same time, I did see Dune 
And that was a really good movie. And to make a movie that good with that daunting of a source material, I mean, you got to give props, in my opinion, because tackling that original story, balancing all of those different storylines, keeping all of the parties at play straight, you got to give props to the director. Most certainly. And I, I, I like Denis as a director. He's, his other films, I've actually watched a couple of them, and I do like them. I thought when he said he was the one to helm a new Dune attempt, I was I was all behind it. And in fact, to many people out there, Dune is a great story. I love it. Like, I've only read the original first book. I should preface that with some people who are diehard fans who have read the whole series. But there are like a gajillion other books following it. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not that that deep a fan. I'm sorry. But I am a big fan of the first one. I read it. I loved it. It does have some really great themes. And what's really funny to me is to see everyone who has not read the books or not even really familiar that it is an adaptation. First of all, they'll compare it to the 80s adaptation that came before it. And to be fair, that was an 80s adaptation by director Dave Lynch. I don't know what what else you could try to critique for that film. I think it's a thing of its own. But people who don't know it's an adaptation of a book... They throw so many complaints about stuff at it. Like, this is all just an allegory to the war, the U.S. presence in Iraq. And I just, like, I think I stared <laughs> at that computer screen for, like, a solid hour with a look of confusion and stupidity on my face. Like, what? That's I'm not hilarious. That actually is when I heard. Another one is, like, so many common complaints I hear about the film and the story in general. Is they're like, it's all about the white savior trope, and it's all about a like imperialism and and something else and i'm like it's actually not it's in fact it was a big point by the original author to do away with the white savior trope it's an anti-white savior trope if you actually read and understand the story before you just open your dang mouth but i'm not going to complain too much because you know what there's no use to talking to people like that that's hilarious because those things were never anywhere near my mind watching this movie. Um, but that's hilarious that people... They were on some people's minds, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, Lord Almighty. But for my mind, what I got was bang for my buck. In fact, I was so anticipating this film, this adaptation, that it's like the only film I've ever gone to IMAX to see. And right. I went with my, my sister, and she's a huge... She's the one who actually introduced me to the original book as well, and we watched the uh, old movie and the old miniseries. There's a miniseries made by the Sci-Fi Channel in, like, the year 2000. It was not that bad, in my opinion. In fact, it's actually fairly thorough for what they could do for a TV program. But this adaptation and its uh, upcoming second part, I'm really looking forward to. It was the only film I went and paid extra for IMAX to see. And like I said, I learned it was nominated for a bunch of awards, including Best Picture. And while I'm a little sore as a Dune fan that it didn't win, yeah, I can see why it didn't win. Because it probably confused the heck out of a lot of people who, again, are not too familiar with the source material. And probably just got so confused with trying to keep up with this other sci-fi, space, fantasy, you know, messianic story that it is. And it's, you know, it's confusing. To be fair, as someone who read it still, I can even say it's confusing. But as a fan, it won those other six or it was nominated for 10, you said, right, Sean? But it won six of them. And that yeah, that's right. Best original score by our boy Hans Zimmer. Best visual effects. Best production design. Best cinematography. Best film editing. And best sound. So, hey, Dune did pretty well. The effects in this movie were really good. But I think my favorite was just the uh, all the mechanical stuff they had in that movie. And it just looked really like it looked, you know, real and gritty and it looked like steel. I don't know. I just really liked it. It was great. It was very imaginative. And again, like I said, it was very uh, it was pretty accurate thus far for adaptation-wise, and it had so many other good names in it, too. Like, I'm kind of surprised a few other people weren't nominated, which I would think a snub for me that wasn't considered for Best Supporting Actress is from Dune. And I'm not talking about Zendaya, or Zendaya, sorry. I'm talking about Rebecca Ferguson as Lady Atreides. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Ferguson is a fantastic actress, and she has just impressed in previous years. And I thought her portrayal would net her at least a nomination or a recommendation. So I'm I'm a little sore at that. Not not totally, you know, PO'd or anything, but I'm like I I would have thought she would because she did fantastic as Lady Jessica. No, I I agree with that 100%. Like for me, she was one of the breakouts, not in uh, like in terms of star power because she's obviously. She has a name for herself, but in terms of one of the characters that I didn't think I was going to get attached to, I, I really did. Performance was great, and I just really ended up loving the character, and she made me she made me believe her. Like, she really filled that motherly role, and you could feel her love for her son and the relationship there, and yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, like I said, I'm a little sore, but ooh, what you just said there, I have to be honest with you, man. So you're not really familiar with the book as well either, right? I have not read the book. However, the storyline I am loosely familiar with. Okay, well, I was going to say, it depends on if you know further down or not, but I'm like, I will say Lady Jessica still plays a very intrinsic role throughout the story in the first book. She actually is a much bigger character later, so. Yeah, I'm really I am looking forward to see her fulfill the like what I know of the story in the book in the second part. I do know a bit of what's coming, more of like the direction that that would go in. I, I don't know. It's more I don't know the details of it, but I'm really excited okay. for that second movie. Well, I'm sitting here like I'm wringing my hands, you know, running my fingers over like because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, my friend, you should just wait and see what her character has to do later. She's a big oh. deal. But I'm looking forward to Rebecca Ferguson reprising it and showing that. So, yeah, that'll be great. And I still love the movie Dune. I did. And I loved the movie in general. Like I said, I went to IMAX to see it. And I think it was completely worth paying extra and traveling about an hour away. Because, like you said, those effects and seeing, like, the mechanical aspects, like, changing all the things and the, you know, the size of Shai Hulud and everything on an IMAX screen. Man, that was that was awesome. I can imagine if I if I had to pick. Oh, here's a fun question. And the answer might probably be Dune. But if you had to see one in IMAX, would it be Dune or the Batman? Why not both? I feel like such a fool. (laughs) You fell right into my (laughs) trap. (laughs) I mean, honestly, if I had to choose between the two, that would be a tough question. But I think I would have still chosen Dune. Because we've had Batman films before, and as, as much as I really anticipated this, this Batman film, I would have say I anticipated a good Dune, a good take on Dune a bit more. I can see that, yeah. I definitely get that. So, um, yeah, Dune's say, been a while I, coming. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like a, to get it justified. So, yeah, I would say I still would have chosen Dune, but I probably, if they were playing at the same time, I totally would have probably been done the illegal act. Shh, our listeners just left it between you and us. I would have done the act of uh, paying for one and then walk into the bathroom after the movie's done and then kind of just walk into where they're playing the Batman at. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm just saying. I can see that. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. It's so dry in here. <clears throat> You're going to start going into your Batman voice. <laughs> oh, you and your silly bits. I was, <laughs> I was just saying, was oh, there Lord. anything else Oscar-related we should cover? I think the only thing we we could do now, if you want, is maybe go through just kind of cement our list of things we're definitely going to watch now this this year. You know, sometime in the coming months, we've named a few, so we can just reiterate them. I think. Okay, I definitely want to check out the two that stick out for me are uh, the tragedy of Macbeth and Tick Tick Boom. Also, actually, after talking to you, Coda really interests me. Yeah, and I think if you do the if I do the free trial, you're more than welcome to join me to watch watch that honestly. In fact, if you want to coordinate that later this week, just hit me up. And if we do watch that, guys, we'll come back and let you know. Because uh yeah, like I said, uh me and him, Sean me and Sean, I think would say we share love of the Macbeth. I can tell by you saying it. I do love Macbeth. It's one of my favorite Shakespearean plays. And I think the casting of like Denzel Washington and and the uh pairing of with the Cohen brothers take on it. And it's a very artistically done movie because I believe it's done in, in like black and white. But like a, yeah. one of those, they, they edit the colors more. So the whites are very, like very bright and the grays are more subtle. So they, they filmed it with like high definition cameras and then tweaked it later in editing. And they even do more tweaks with like staging and, and uh, set pieces. 
and that intrigues me to see how it's done. So I agree with you on those points. I would definitely want to see uh, the tragedy of Macbeth and Coda. I have seen Tick, Tick, Boom. I really enjoyed it. I'd recommend it to you as well, Sean. So if you can watch it on Netflix sometime, do it. And I, I will warn you, if you do watch it or listen to the soundtrack later or something, the first opening song is called 3090. Good luck getting it out of your head. Uh-oh. It's really catchy. That's good. Catchy songs are good. It's good, yeah. And like I said, uh, I hope you can listen to it and just hear Andrew sing and then kind of be like, I hope you were impressed as I was because I was like, wow, he's actually not that bad. Yeah, I'm going to have rose-colored glasses on anyways because I'm a big fan of uh, Andrew's. So This is off-topic, people. I'm sorry, but I finally saw Hacksaw Ridge so I can definitely see like I'm more impressed by him than I was before. That's a great movie. Yeah, that that I, I actually did tear up at the, you know, the three quarters mark of it because he also, did a great uh, job and it was actually the real story. And it's just like, wow. Vince Vaughn in that movie is hilarious. <laughs> Vince Vaughn's impressive, man. He's like, yeah, roles like that show that he's like, you know, people will, will mock him for being kind of stereotyped. And he really is. But like, he's he's good. Yeah, it's a serious role. But the way he does it is hilarious. Um, and if you've watched it, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It should be out on everything. I've seen it on physical, too, I think. Check it out if you haven't yet. But yeah, those those ones I'd agree with you. I know for me, I'm going to watch the redo of, of West Side Story sometime. It's on Disney Plus and HBO Max, I believe. So two ways to watch it there. I'm intrigued to see what Spielberg did. I'd, I'd love to see Ariana as Anita. I'd love to see her Oscar-winning performance in the supporting role. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to see this adaptation. I'm interested. Later on, I'm going to try to watch Belfast sometime just because I do love a good drama. I do love a good kind of film that slows you down and takes you down a personal story at the pace that's dictated for you, you know. And I do love Kenneth Branagh. I think both people supported uh, in the supporting roles nominated Sierra Hines and, and Judy Dench are just amazing. So, yeah, I'd love to see this film now. Yeah, I'm agreed. And the only reason I didn't mention West Side is because I was always going to watch West Side Story. <laughs> there wasn't any danger of me not watching that movie. Why I haven't yet, I have no idea. It's just life, life I suppose. Yeah, I, I will say I'm kind of the opposite of you. I, I wasn't really going to watch it until I heard more and more about it. Just because... I didn't know if Spielberg could do it. I didn't know if it was needed to be remade. I didn't know if it would be too different. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want it to be like different aspects of the original story to be overshadowed. And I, I was uh, worried for it. But from what I heard, people said it was it was handled expertly. And Spielberg did good for directing his first musical. And heck, again, like we said, it's nominated for its productions and, and Ariana for her role. So... Okay. You've convinced me, movie. I will watch later. Does that wrap it up for you? It was nominated like 12 times, so I guess I'd, I'd uh, watch The Power of the Dog or something, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm going to check out. I'm going to look more about it. Um, Like yeah, I said, and, I watched the trailer. Netflix. Yeah, that's true. Um, That actually might be the uh, uh, deciding factors. I've got Netflix, and it's on Netflix, so probably will check it out. I might, uh, and of course, actually what's funny is I have not watched all the other animated feature film nominees either. I watched Encanto. I didn't watch the other the other ones yet. Flea, I'm definitely going to try to look at and check out sometime just because I'm intrigued to see how it's handled, how it's animated, something like that. And uh, I'm a sucker for animated films if no one else knows or if anyone else knows about me. I actually collect animated films and uh, I love the art of animation in and of itself. I could talk for hours and hours about it. So anything animated, I always, almost always watch. So like, I have not seen Luca, Mitchell's versus the Machines, or Raya and the Last Dragon at all. The good thing is two of them I can watch on Disney+. Plus. So I'll get to it eventually. I, I, it takes me a while to get through some of my stuff because like Sean said, life gets in the way. We're busy. He's got his business. I've got my job and everything else doing. So when I do have time to sit down and do it, you know, it, that, those are special times. Yeah, absolutely. I'll get there. I'll get there eventually, though. Other than that, for Oscar-wise, I think we're pretty, I think pretty good. 
wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, I I am good. I've got some uh, definitely got some new ones to check out. Dune. I'm happy that it won. That was the big uh, that was the biggest connection point for me. Can't wait to see if Batman actually gets some nominations next year. Yeah, that would be that would be something I'm looking forward to because I I will feel, I think I will feel a bit sore if it's not nominated for something. It doesn't need to be best picture. It doesn't like you know I I can't even think of any acting roles that would really be nominated because of course we haven't seen the movies to come yet. I would argue they could be nominated, but yeah, like I I I think it deserves to have some kind of nomination of like camera work, cinematography editing or something maybe even score because the score was pretty good in my opinion like i mean actually better than good i thought it was really great the categories i could definitely see getting nominated for are sound design cinematography and costume design and makeup i I could see those well that'll wrap up our oscar breakdown thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode we will be back at it again next week for more idiotic discussions about our favorite movies, yada, yada. Because like we said, we're just a bunch of idiots here. A pair of idiots talking about movies. We have microphones and editing software, so oh well. Y'all just have to suffer with us. <laughs> That's the way I like to word it. I don't know who gave us microphones and who gave us access to software on the web, but you know. We got it now, so I guess y'all are stuck with it. Oh, whoever whoever gave us access to the internet, those are the real idiots. They're locked up in a room somewhere with, like, you know, some one of the one of the big heads, some of the big heads of the uh, internet and tech industries, just being like, "We hope you know what you've done." I don't know what I did. Silence. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> just in some dark closet somewhere. Yeah, yeah, good. That's where he needs to be. And on that rather dour, disappointing note, but good for us, I think it's safe to say we can close the curtain on our first Oscars breakdown episode. Like we said, hopefully we see foresee trying to do this every year because hopefully if the awards keep going like we do, it'll give us plenty of content to talk about and look forward to movies that are leading up to it. Definitely ever-increasing watch list and people that can be on our radar for actors, actresses, anything like that. So should be fun in the coming years. And like Sean said earlier, we shall be back next week with more idiotic talkings and ramblings and opinions. But until that time, this has been Vidiotic. My name is Joe. My name is Sean. And we will catch y'all later. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.